The Washington Post follows up on a nightmare scenario and finds it's worse than ever. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, the nightmare scenario is that a couple had babies. They had some twins. Yes, and they were they were teens, and in fact, uh, they followed up two years later. The Washington Post did on the story of this couple, and uh, and what set me off and and uh, was the genesis of this entire episode was this headline: an abortion ban made them teen parents. An abortion ban made them teen parents. And Bill Whittle, uh, the story is basically of a couple of teenagers who, uh, whether advisedly or ill-advisedly, wound up getting pregnant. And then um, because of the abortion ban, um, could not get an abortion. And then since have become somewhat of of a success story on the right, where people point out that they had these lovely twins. And, And the story does talk a little bit about the them having fun with their twin children and and enjoying playing with them and bathing them and all that kind of Other stuff. Other trivialities, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But the upshot of the story is, uh, Bill, that uh, that it was the abortion ban that made them teen parents, uh, not sexual intercourse, um, not. No. <laughs> Um, and they start out by talking about what dire straits they're in because she had to to quit her promising career as a real estate agent. Now, of course, she had no promising career, but she was taking a course so she could get a real estate license and and then maybe would have a promising career. Um, during the course of the story, it's, he was working as kind of a minimum wage job, but then he joined the Air Force and is working as an Air Force mechanic and getting paid $60,000 a year. They ran a crowdfunding campaign uh, through which they raised uh, $80,000 because they had some notoriety from previous stories that were written about them. Um, and the, the young woman, Bill, doesn't understand why people on the right would see them as such a success story because she says toward the bottom of the story that their lives are so imperfect. And she says they probably wouldn't have even been together. They wouldn't have stayed together if they hadn't had these twins and that her husband plays too many video games and doesn't, you know, clean up after himself and the babies as he should. And, and just, you know, things aren't perfect, Bill. Um, Bill, is there anybody at the Washington Post, do you think, that's ever been a parent, ever <laughs> been married, ever had a child, ever done any of this stuff? Why would a successful person at the Washington Post ever want to live such an imperfect life with such messy creatures as children and and all of the obligations that come with being tied to the same woman? It just doesn't make any sense, Scott. It's complete madness. Um the, uh, I don't know if the twins were pulled on this issue. I imagine they might eventually <laughs> yeah. have something to say about it when they get to be older. But no, this is everything, this is everything that, that uh, a, a left-leaning member of the Washington Post would abhor, right? Uh, 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 you've got a, a, maybe a middle to lower middle class lifestyle. You've got a, a mom who's no longer able to achieve her dreams of world domination through the real estate market because she has to stay home and take care of these two annoying kids that she just plays with all the time and apparently gets a great deal of satisfaction and love from. Uh, you've got a, 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 a husband who has the just the, the sheer tackiness to work with his hands and not and not have two hundred thousand dollars of debt and be an expert on medieval. Poetry of, you know, 
and, and and all of the rest of these this catalog of horrors that um, that that needless to say are are, are the result of an absolute catastrophe. Um, in other words, what what they're saying is is that this couple leads a perfectly normal life, just like everyone else that has ever basically been married in this country who's not been a reporter for the New York Times. If you ever want to get if you ever want to get an idea of of just how isolated elitists are, this is the article for you, because they will point out that that uh, that they're that they're they're that they're imperfect. That I'm sure you know what uh, I don't know if the article states this, Scott, because there's some things that are just unprintable, obviously. But I'd be willing to bet you the couple even argues about money every now and then, <laughs> because I bet there's not quite enough of it. Um, and so what uh, what a catalog of horrors. Um, but your main point is the most important one, and it's the one that, that, that ticked you, got your attention on the article. The abortion ban made them parents. This is how the left views hum, human beings. People have no agency on their own. They're not capable of making their own decisions. They're simply cogs in a machine that simply go down whichever particular patinko ball shoot they, that, there is, that, that society pushes them down to. So if society says you can't have abortions, then they'll be forced to have children. The, the idea that they might use other forms of, oh, I don't know, I've heard rumors that there's this new birth control pill or something that may or may not have the ability to affect whether or not a woman has children. That is left out of the article, of course, because the reason that they had children was because of this abortion ban. And because of the abortion ban, this couple had to procreate and they had to stay together and they had to have kids that they love. And all of this is anathema to the human-hating, self-hating, elitist, nasty, mean-spirited, self-hating, rich rancid attitude of these elites that are trying to form public opinion for us. So, yes, I'm on some level, I understand this young woman's amazement that she's become a, a hero of the right. She's not become a hero of the right because of anything exceptional she's done. She's become a hero of the right because she's done the same thing that every single other person in the history of this country has done, basically, who hasn't been a member of these coastal elites. And she's been singled out, she and her husband and her family have been singled out for opprobrium by, by these childless, unloved, unlovable neurotics who are writing articles like this. And, and so she can't understand what all the fuss is about. And I don't understand what all the fuss is about either, except that I do. You're being held up as an example of everything that's wrong with the country when, in point of fact, you're exactly everything that's right with the country. Stephen Green, in addition to becoming kind of a poster couple for uh, for the right and their argument about how um, if you protect children from abortion, then you wind up with lovely twin girls like this and and this couple uh, making their way through life. Uh, the left is using them as a poster couple as well. This article in the Washington Post says it makes this claim that women who are denied an abortion experience worse financial health, and family outcomes than those who are able to end their pregnancies. Any uh, data on whether they're loved more? Is that in there anywhere? Let me let me just reread this quote, and then, Steve, all I'm going to oh, ask, okay, ask you is to react to this. Women who are denied an abortion experience worse financial, health, and family outcomes than those who are able to end their pregnancies. Well, you know, once again, I'm I'm reminded of this uh, this 
the discussion we had just in the last couple of weeks, Scott, where we've gone very quickly from safe, legal, and rare to, man, if you don't get one of these things, you're going to be miserable. Uh, that's that's the left's very rapid evolution on on abortion. Uh, that said, I'm not I'm not so sure about the financial hardships. I think those are mostly temporary. Um, I wouldn't change how I've lived my life, but I didn't meet the right girl until I was 31, and didn't get married for about 18 months after after we met. Um, which means, as a result, by the time my youngest, who is now 13, graduates high school, I will be 59 years old. Um, if I'd have been a 19 year old dad. Um, both my kids would be out of the house already, and I'd be making this income with nobody else to take care of except for Melissa and me. Uh, it's tempting, oh, isn't it? Oh, that's the only <laughs> thing that could possibly make me want to go back in time to, to get rid of the hardship uh, early when I'm still young and, frankly, dumb enough to, uh, to <laughs> actually want to do it then. And, and and then you know have the, have our have our fifties which I'm in and well my wife is still twenty four and a half and she always will be, um, but well that would be the only thing I could possibly want to go back and 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 do over provided I could have this exact same wife and these exact same uh, uh, two fine sons. Um, that said, let's talk about what this article really is. I was I was always shocked as a kid. I, I grew up in in St. Louis, which in some ways is a great town. I was shocked uh, watching movies, uh, old movies, which we had to watch before streaming. Cause that's all they showed on Channel Eleven on Saturday afternoons when it was raining and you couldn't go out and do anything. Um, whenever an old movie would show a zoo from the 1930s or 40s, it was a steel cage. And, you know, the, the, the big mm-hmm. cat would just be yeah. pacing around the, the steel yep. cage with the bare floor, and there'd be a little water bowl or a food bowl. Or so. It's just because I grew up with the St. Louis Zoo, which is one of the finest in the world, and it was it was established originally uh, for the 1903-1904 World's Fair. And it was the first zoo, I believe, in the world, probably uh, certainly in this country, that had naturalistic habitats for the animals. And they've, ju- they've just expanded on that through the years. I remember I was probably 10 or 11 years old when they opened Big Cat Country, which wasn't just one, wasn't just isolated little exhibits, but it was a whole part of the park that was dedicated to recreating the savanna and other areas where big cats live. It was just, it's, it's an amazing zoo. I suggest you go there. What this article is, and the Washington Post knows their audience, what this article is, is let's look at poor dumb uh, American procreators in their natural habitat. It is <laughs> it's like at the Olive Garden. It, 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 it is it is <laughs> condescending. Yes, it is it is sneering. It is oh, you're so much better off than these poor slobs who had kids and got married when they were nineteen or twenty years old. Let's look at them for a while, shall we? And we're moving on to the next thing. Beastly, um, but. To give you an idea of where we are as a country, yes, the Washington Post knows its audience and their readers will gobble this stuff up. But it's also true that the Washington Post lost $100 million last year. There you go. Scott, who, do you have the name of the person who wrote that article? Um, yeah, I can get that name. And I, by the way, I've, I've uh, intentionally left out the names of the couple because I just think, okay, you know, no. that's that's not necessary. Um, yeah, the name of the uh, author of this, this is in their Deep Reads section, uh, Carolyn Kitchener. Carolyn, take your enormous uh, single income 
and set up a foundation to take care of your cats because you're going to die childless, miserable, and alone. <laughs> I'm sure she's happily married and has four and a half children. Um, I'm sure she's not happily anything. <laughs> and uh, first of all, uh, let me just say something as a as a f- recovering journalist. Um, the idea of uh, focusing in on an individual or an individual, uh, a single couple, and then using them as, as kind of a paradigm or a mold or a model for everything else that you want to say in a story is, I understand the motivation of it because you want to humanize these larger concepts, uh, but it's really a cheap tactic, especially when you start really getting into people's underwear, which they have here. I mean, they're, they've got pictures of their kind of sloppy looking household with the kids or, you know, it's chaos and there's stuff all over the place. And, um, and for some reason, this couple permitted them to come in and, and, and take these pictures. So in general, I say, you know, let's stop making poster couples out of anybody. Uh, I don't think the right should do it. I don't think the left should do it. Um, I think that that phrase that I read to Steve, that, uh, that if you're denied an abortion, ex- uh, you experience worse financial health and family outcomes than if you're able to end your pregnancy, um, this is the whole story's purpose is to say this. Abortion means freedom and prosperity. That's what abortion is all about. It is freedom and prosperity according to the left. Because, my goodness, this couple, uh, talented as they are, how could they uh, help but have succeeded in this great country uh, if they hadn't been burdened by these two boat anchor little girls, you know, who are hanging around them and dragging them down? Um Nevertheless, somehow this guy moves from a kind of a paltry sort of minimum wage job to getting uh, into the Air Force and to being a, a mechanic who's compensated $60,000 a year is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, maybe it's not with much no if, debt. You, if you live in Arlington, but they live in Florida. Yeah, with no debt because they did this crowdsource campaign. Um, that was, I guess, maybe that's why they're willing to be photographed for these articles because it helps the, uh, the crowdsourcing um, options. But I think there are a couple of other aspects of this. Number one, I stated at the at the start, which is that the abortion ban didn't make them parents. <laughs> Having sex made them parents. And so, you know, the story wants to give you the idea that if only we could lift the abortion ban, all their problems would go away. Where I might want to make the point that if only they didn't have unprotected teenage sex, uh, you know, in their in their peak fertility years, uh, maybe. Maybe they wouldn't have those two children. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that they did have those two children. They got the cart before the horse, but um, but they have these two gorgeous little girls, and they are trying to make an imperfect life together. And that's the second thing. There is no perfect life. There's no situation where, and, and this is a burden that so many young people carry today because they, they look back at their parents as every generation does and they think, well, they screwed it up. I'm not going to screw it up the way they did. And so each new generation comes along, thinks they're going to repair the sins of the past by somehow doing something better. So I'm not going to get married early. I'm not going to have children early. Um, I'm going to get my career on a sound footing before we, before I even, you know, get married um, and then have children. And so this myth that somehow you can plan out everything in your life and it's all going to fall into place and then there'll be the perfect moment when you can have children and everything will be ideal. It just isn't so, and that's okay. 
I mean, the perfect moments come in the midst of the sloppiness of ordinary life. It's, it's your moving forward, doing the best you can with each passing moment to make the right decisions, to, to love the right person, to be able to nurture your children. It is not going to be great. I mean, you're going to be immature as this guy is clearly spending way too much time playing video games. But I also noticed some of the pictures, the wife is sitting there in bed while the guy's trying to entertain the girls and she's scrolling through social media on her phone. They're immature. Over time, they grow. You mature as the, as the experience molds you into that. So there's no perfect path. Um, and then, frankly, this idea of abortion as freedom and prosperity leads me to think that I would like permission to name the next generation. You know, we always have the baby boomers and the silent generation and the greatest generation and generation X and generation Z and all this stuff. The next generation I would like to refer to as the unaborted. Because really, that is what they are in the eyes of so many in the mainstream media and the progressive left. That's great. It's like the, That's great. the children who are actually living in a home with two parents with one income and somehow getting by that the sad tragedy is those kids were unaborted. And there they are. And that's and so we, we need to raise money for all of these unaborted children. Um, I think I would like to start a foundation for that. Please give money. Just $3 a day will help an unaborted child to have a joyful life at home with his family. Um, so anyway, I, I, there are... That it was just the headline, really, that set me off. But then I started digging deeper into this so-called deep read story in the Washington Post. And I realized the purpose of that headline was to insinuate itself into your mind this idea that no matter the circumstances, you'd be better off without kids. You would be better off if not only if you didn't have children, but you'd be better off if you could abort those children once you had conceived those children. And um, I think this is a, a crime against morality. It's a crime against truth. And it expresses on the part of the Washington Post, its editors and its writers, an extreme naivete about the nature of human experience. And it shows that they, more so than the video game playing dad who's not paying enough attention to his wife, they at the Washington Post are immature and need to grow up. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.